0: Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast. Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al Hamamsi from Middle East. Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world, where everyone's voice could be heard and listened. Every week, we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S and OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website AHMEDKHALED Co. Stay tuned every week with our global S and OP community podcast. And our thought leader today is definitely Yasser Abdullah. Yasser uh, has un- unmatched uh, experience to end across a wide varieties of multinational uh, companies, companies like uh, Unilever, companies like Johnson and Johnson, and a company like Rakib a company like Nielsen, a company like Nissan. Actually, what makes uh, Yasser very unique? is his self-learning attitude if you see him uh, you will always see him he carries always a small airport on his left ear I just do remember that always yeah. and I'll tell you a funny story about this so most of the time I see him by this earbud. and one day I do remember I asked him and I was very curious and I asked him why you are always handling this airport on your le- left ears and he immediately He passed these AirPods to me to listen. Mm. And actually, I was shocked because almost of his free time, he listened to an audiobooks to learn more and more more about life. It's not only about the business, but about life. Uh, I've never considered him as an employee inside the company because of his entrepreneurial mindset, which made him very unique, whatever place he goes. I consider him as one of the most humble leaders that I've ever worked with. With all of his knowledge, I keep saying it, he didn't lock any door to anybody who's seeking his support or advice on something. And this is the real meaning of a servant leadership. So may I ask you please to welcome with us our lovely and thought leader today, Yasser Abdullah. And as usual, let's give him the combo applause. Hello and
1: Hello, hello yes
2: sir. Yeah, hello, Just just one thing about the airport. By the way, it's not working anymore. Huh? Just like <laughs> I think that you change it to something else. <laughs>
0: Actually, we are so excited to have you today, yes, sir. And uh, I keep saying this that uh, the, the, just the lessons that we'll have and the knowledge that we'll have it today, it's uh, knowledge that we will never find in books and based on your practical experience. So we are so excited today to have you, and it's a uh, glad to have you today. If you allow us, let's uh, jump into our comments for our lovely uh, audience, oh, just yes, to okay. send some greetings for them. Muhammad we have Abzal, our friend Abzal, Abzal. How are you? Yes. How are you thank guys? you so Thanks much for, for tuning doing. in, and this is me just for technicalities. We are ah, waiting for all of your questions, I keep reminding you guys, <laughs> please, I keep <laughs> yeah. reminding you guys, feel free to ask whatever question into your mind, we have great leader today, he will be able to answer you. Uh, our friend Al Sayed, thank you great Ahmed and Hamamsi, thank you so much thank for you. tuning thank in, giving you. us your valuable time, thank you. Our lovely friend and brother from Turkey. Turkey. Thank you you so much for tuning in, Hamad. Kareem Kareem Kareem. Alinawi. Thank Thank you from Egypt, tuning from Egypt. Uh, Our lovely LinkedIn user. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's it's a place. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our friend De Tonde. Greetings from Nigeria. Thank you so much for giving Thank you, Asa, you, uh, your valuable time.
2: Mashallah, you have universal friends. From
0: everywhere, from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and this is our my brother, brother. Mohannad Khaled. Yes, from, hello from me. the others. Hi, <laughs> you? Thank you, Muhammad, for tuning in. Also, our friend, Muhammad Karim, Thanks Thank thanks you. for tuning in. Actually, we have great audience today and engagement. Our lovely friend and brother, Muhammad Fathi, Mr. Yasser is the inspiring CCD that translates strategy into tactics. Thank you, and definitely you'll see today with our great uh, insights and values, we reveal a lot of things based on Yasser's experience. Thank you, Muhammad. Uslama, nice one. Thank you so much for tuning Thank in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our uh, friend, uh, Shadi Jackie. Hi, Hi friends. Shady. Hi, Shadi. How are you? Thank you so much, friend. Uh, Dr. Adel Elbouti, hello, hello, thank you so much for hi, tuning in. Hi, doctor. Thank you so much. I think we can stay, we will not have the episode today and send greetings for our <laughs> friends today. <laughs> thank, thank you, so Robert, much. for joining from and Kenya, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah. thank you, guys, for tuning in. The last but not least, maybe we have another two and then we can start our episode. Yes. Our friend Khaled Al Tawusi, greetings. Great session from Great Leaders. Thank you so much. Thank you so Khaled. much. Last our friend Jackie hey Hey, thank you so much for tuning in guys just to to set the expectations due to the limited time of our episode today feel free to ping us with your questions and definitely we will jump into your questions just the sake of the time and Yasser again welcome again to the show we're so excited to have you in our show today and let us start based on our topic today and I think it's very compelling and very excited topic today which is how can we Uh, just move from a business strategy into a channel strategy we need your experience on that because it's a very big topic and it's very uh, sensitive topic i would say most ceos they have struggled on it they are very good in setting vision they are very good in setting business imperatives but when it comes to deploying it into channel or category strategy they stopped so if i have a business strategy how can i deploy it into a channel or a category, category
2: strategy is experience. طيب, first of all, يعني, thank you guys for the uh, nice introduction. I hope I can stand up to that expectation that you have uh, set for me. Uh, I was lucky to work with you, Ahmed in liver and, and knowing thank you, Hamam, see now in the, in the thank podcast. You so much. Thank I am a fan of the work that you've been doing, guys. Just uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank it's really good. Thank it's, you. It's, uh, thank you. It's always beneficial to share knowledge with, with people and everyone. Now, uh, I do have, I would say, experience uh, in developing channel strategies. And whatever I'll be saying is based on the knowledge that I have accumulated myself. Uh, not necessarily this knowledge can be applicable to different industries or, or, or different sure. categories, but this is the accumulation of experience and knowledge that I have myself. Uh, definitely, there might be people who are more experienced in the podcast and who would know better. Uh, so, so uh, my feedback is going to be my personal opinion and experience of whatever I've done I've done so far. Uh, now, doing a channel strategy. I mean, like if 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 you start with the basic understanding, what is a strategy actually? Strategy is 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 a way of achieving a certain objective that you have. Okay, your objective is to uh, sell uh, more products. Okay, for whatever product that you're selling, be it water, be it candy, uh, whatever. So uh, to sell and, and increase your sales, what's what's the strategy, I need to know where I should be selling these products, right? So uh, should I sell it in a supermarket? Or I sell it in a pharmacy? Or I sell it in, 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 in a small grocery or a large grocery? Uh, so a question here might be, uh, which which place before going to the world of channel, which place I should sell my product in? Is it a supermarket versus a pharmacy versus a large grocery, whatever? Uh, the way to know which place that you should be selling your product is through data, Uh mm-hmm. And in our industry, the FMCG industry, the data is uh, Nielsen or EPOS electronic point yeah. of sale data. So, so once you have an access to these type of data, you can identify which place sells your product the most, which is the category. How does the category look like? You know, so mm-hmm. if if uh, let's assume you are you are selling water, so uh, logically most of the water are being sold in 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 uh, in In large and small groceries, then supermarket. Uh, so if I'm launching a new product in in the water category, then I should be focusing where the category is in right now mm-hmm. it's in in traditional trade then then supermarket. Then I go uh, uh, one layer more uh, deeper which which product, which pack size are sold, a large grocery, small grocery versus versus supermarket. Then I go a further level and I check at what what price point, is it a one dirham or a five dirham or a one liter, uh, whatever. Accordingly, once I have that, that I would say channel uh, map. Yeah. map, then I can design my 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 strategy accordingly. Now the designing the designing is nice and beautiful and easy, but uh, how how you get to implement that design? Will require uh, a huge, I would say, influence through the system. You know, as 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 a customer marketing or category development or trade marketeer or shopper marketeer, uh, most of the people who are doing these jobs, uh, their their main uh, job is is requiring more of an influence because uh, the sales organization does not report to shopper marketing or category development mm. or trade marketing. So you have you have to convince. You have to Influence the team to implement that plan and that influencing happens from top of the chain Let's say from the channel manager down to the merchandiser who puts the product on shelf. So uh, so yeah, I mean I mean the The channel strategy requires a lot of influence to make sure that it happens in ground. It requires a strong design uh, of of the plan which as well Uh, along with the data that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. it will require uh, an experience, you know, like, you know, what's really happening in ground. Uh, When you say that I'm going to do this big, I would say, launch in a pharmacy channel. uh, Pharmacy has has uh, a specific, I would say, uh, operational uh, aspects to it versus doing it in 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 a supermarket uh, chain or channel. So uh, knowing these kind of things is important to ensure that your plan is successful you know uh, for example if you are doing something in supermarket uh promotion and visibility having a big uh off shelf display are are uh, uh, are things that will help your plan but not the same formula can be successful in pharmacy yeah Farm, uh, <clears throat> in, in in a pharmacy or a health and beauty channel uh, uh, a pharmacist plays a major role in 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 in, in recommending your product and making sure that uh, shoppers and consumers are, are buying it. So that was a lengthy answer for a very simple question that you asked, so uh, you, you asked. No, any...
1: I don't think it's simple, of course, uh, yes, and, uh, maybe it sounds simple, but as you said, it's a big map and it requires collaboration between different uh, departments. and. And different uh, external uh, shareholders with you like the pharmacies the key accounts the, and a lot of information of course flow of data and information uh, from from your side and from the other side of the uh, like the key accounts like yes. the shoppers like the pharmacies so it, it requires a lot of commitment and the flow of information and yeah. i like the way you answered the question
2: So just, just, just to add one thing guys i mean yes now, the 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 answer I give is is most likely can can be easy to understand for for people with let's say more than five years of experience to ten years yeah. or more of experience. Mm. Uh, now, for for let's say fresh grads who are like entering the the job or the industry itself, it's it's a it's it's a different way, you know. Like there is there is a certain uh, I would say thinking templates that they have to to think accordingly, you know, like there are certain steps A, B and C that they need Mm. to follow to do a proper, I would say, category and channel uh, strategy. Uh, Now, for someone experienced, it it, it will be more easy to come up with a strategy just by, I mean, like quickly looking at the data and understand and doing a market visit, I would say, to the to to the channels that you're planning to do a strategy for. So you would be able to figure out what you need to do. So again, I mean, like the the answer would be, um, different if if it's if it's for a fresh uh to 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 an experience yeah
0: Yeah. definitely yes sir i think that you opened a very nice point which is to deploy a business into channel strategy think that you have to rely on data and this is the most important thing that you have discussed or you have just mentioned it because if you you don't have a data and these data just give you insights and these insights can give you a wisdom that you can take the right decisions with with the right channels, you will be very obsolete in that point. And what I'm I'm just asking myself what kind of data? As you said, it could be starting top down. How I I can find my business strategy? Let's say I want to have like uh, my margins increase like x percentage so i have multiple streams could be from supply chain cost could be from my trade market investment it could be from many expenses in inside my pNl but for instance now if i want to just have a top line sales i will look at it from the downstream side from downstream side where i look at it from a market point of view what is the size of my market and then i can go at a granular level yeah. Uh, what is that category, how it looks like, how it sale as a category inside the market. Then I can see my portion, what's my market share from that point, how it looks like. And now the second point, how, what is my brand equity, how it looks like, am I, ha- am I having like a great brand equity You know? How much do I spend in that, uh, in terms of a brand in that point? All of those, I think data can shape the right decisions. That you can take aggregated to the business strategy itself, because without definitely. data you will be annihilated, definitely, as you said. Which is something exactly. that we should take it into consideration. Yes. Exactly,
2: exactly. I think
1: uh, yes. uh, definitely. Ah, oh, yes, if you wanted to say
2: something? Yeah, um, I like something came up into my mind while Ahmed was yeah. speaking. I mean, and even the strategy will be way different if you are doing uh, a strategy for uh, a pure innovation. You know, not not mm. not a product extension. It's not like a new pack size that you are launching or a new variant that you are launching. The strategy when you are doing an extension is is kind of easier, you know. Like you have a map of the category, how things look like in terms yeah. of four Ps: product, place, promotion, uh, uh, placement, placement. Uh, like- uh, and price. So, mm-hmm. so, so that map is there. But if you are launching something totally new that might disrupt mm. the category, then, then, then your reference point here will be different. I mean like you cannot just rely mm-hmm. on the category data on a product that the category haven't seen before you get my mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. so 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 that that as well is, is is a different way of looking at things i mean is 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 the 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 strategy that i'm making for this product is 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 an extension we are just launching a new pack size in a in, in a readily available pack size um, segment that we were not there or it's a new variant that as well in uh Available variant that we did not have, so this is an easy way to plan a strategy, versus you mm-hmm. are bringing a totally new product into yeah. the category, and, and and you plan uh, you plan differently. Yeah,
1: exactly. see. Planned, please, please, in, uh, in innovation. please, go ahead, please.
0: Just in <laughs> case, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, and of course, a really great point. To deserve this uh, round of applause it's definitely uh some people miss that or take it yeah, yeah. You know, they launch uh, some new innovation or something and they don't give it the uh, importance it's like uh, it should be treated like a t- totally separate project with timelines with definitely supplies no, which, is, w- which is which yeah.
2: is not to cut you there i mean like usually yeah, yeah, sure. the, the choosing of words itself makes yeah. makes the mm-hmm. project i mean like different i mean like you cannot you cannot call a product extension innovation you know Good. and uh, so 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 i mean like these 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 uh the ways sometimes that we, we choose uh, i think
1: a lack of ideas or sometimes to make, yes. it, to make news yes. in the company yeah. you, know, <laughs> you don't have something yes, exactly. to, to call it like this which is
2: fine we can we can make news and we can be happy about <laughs> yeah. it but i mean like because because that word kind of uh transcends across the organization until the operation yeah. itself you know like when the merchandiser just I mean, like assuming a merchandiser from uh, a nationality that speaks only English does not speak Arabic, and he is being told that this is an innovation. It's it's something new, and he just sees a different variant. You know, like oh. so. What's you know, like you lose yeah. you lose that kind of of, of yes. connect with with yes. execution. So, <laughs> I might be a bit uh, specific on these things, but I, I I do believe that they have a huge impact on your execution. I mean, like the words 100%. that you choose in your in your plans is, is, is important
0: hundred percent. Thank you, uh, Yasser and Ahmed. I'll jump into the first question from our LinkedIn user. So he is asking what are criteria that, uh, to judge your sales channel is achieving its objective, how you can control new launch products, replacing existing product, how you control your reverse logistics. I think so that they are a, three, uh, three questions and one <laughs> and I think combo. He-
1: more comprehensive uh, <laughs> question. Cool, yes, you know? I think, I think, I think really we're like talking questions. about like the OKR or here you or know, like the criteria, like what are the KPIs for the first question?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the KPIs. It's what, what, what uh, the company KPIs are. Is it is it uh, IMS? Is it in market sales? Is it shares? Is it is it uh, profitability? I mean, it's it's uh, one of these three things. You know, I mean, like. It's really that you can hit the three: you have a sell-in, and you have a market share, and you have also a profitable growth. So, so the criteria is, is whatever the uh, would say the the management the company agrees on. You know, I mean, like uh, we are going after market share in this quarter, then then market share is the criteria. Are we gaining share uh, across our top categories in this channel or no? Uh, this mm-hmm. is one thing. If it's if it's a bottom line on profitability then this is another thing are we uh, growing more net sales in the in the mm. uh, in in uh, within this channel or no so this would require more savings of of uh, of promotion and more selling of, of uh, high net sales items and these kind of stuff so so the kpis gets get, get to be set by 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 what is the yeah, company no, strategy no. what is the game plan um so this is what comes up into my mind to be honest for the first question for the second okay. question i mean uh again uh depends on the product that you are launching if it's just an extension of a variant you will be having definitely a very high cannibalization on the base sales that you you have so so what is the acceptable i mean uh, threshold for you and this is this uh This, again, it will be in the business case of the new product launch that you have. I mean, like how much you are expecting this new product will will cannibalize from the from the base variance that you have. Or if it's a totally new product, it's it's an innovation, then how much incrementality that you expect that's going to get into into your sales, into the category, into the retailer uh, himself that you are launching the product in. the last part, I would, I would leave that to you guys. You would be more uh, experienced than me in this.
0: Definitely. So if we're talking about, I think the control, uh, controlling the reverse logistics, I think you have to design it end to end. Most companies, they fail uh, on just doing it forward, but they don't think about when it comes to backward and yeah. every industry has its challenge. So wh- and I keep saying this. The more the product is complicated the more the reverse logistics that you could have so you have to design it from every aspects from a, a product point of view from an industry point of view and even from a channel point of view because not all products that you could have designing at the the reverse logistics and use it like one size fits all because it's it's a channel and each channel could have some challenges that it's not applicable to the other But if I want to ask, if I want to think about the control itself, it's about designing the right ones. It's about just uh, seeing it from every aspect inside the business. It's not only about supply chain, but also from financials point of view, uh, how it it will affect your invoicing, how it will affect your consolidation with your customers, how it will affect your way of dealing with the customer, because sometimes this kind of things, the reverse logistics uh, or the returns, it could affect your reputation with your uh, customer, it could affect and their state, your SRM and CRM. So setting the control, it's not easy but depends on which area you are looking at exactly
1: and to add to this Ahmad I think we have to be very clear in your contractual agreements with, uh, with all your uh, with your distributors with your wholesalers with with whatever so you have to be very clear on this strategy 100%. what will happen with the returns who's responsible for the returns when are we going to send back the returns so sometimes you are uh, Uh, bombarded with these returns by end of the year and you find this is eroding and cutting from uh, from the bottom line and uh, sometimes the people because they are not following up there is no tracking system for what's happening in in the market i've seen this in some companies of course not all companies but this happens sometimes that you're bombarded with returns and comes negative in uh, in your uh, p&l and you finally find yourself like it cuts <laughs> from uh, from 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 your bottom line and eats from your uh, eats sorry from the top line, so this uh, this part it has to be uh, controlled uh, through contractual uh, agreements. It has to be, I think to add it has to be like follow up month by month on on these returns so that you're not. Uh, like it's not like a shock by end of the year that we're having this amount of returns (laughs) and uh, these products that are not sold because for example we pushed the products to the wrong channels like you like you said uh, Ahmed so I echo your voice here yeah
0: thank you Hamamsi it's it's nice answer so I'll jump into the next question sure thank you so so uh our friend he's asking how you manage category channel strategy when major accounts in channel have their own private labels?
2: Ooh, so. This, is, very this, nice is, uh, this very nice. is a very nice, nice. question. And actually, uh, uh, as far as I can tell, I haven't found an answer for. I mean, like, especially in yeah. categories where uh, where the retailer is huge and it's private label, it's almost uh, kind of uh, challenging you as a category leader, you know, mm-hmm. so in that situation, it becomes difficult because uh, this private label is uh, way profitable for the retailer than 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 your product. Uh, now, one of the things that we tried before is 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 uh, is uh, kind of to use, I would say, data and scientifically prove that uh the 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 frequency of purchases that I'll be having uh with my product is still higher than your uh yeah. than your private label. Uh, and the margin that you are making versus the higher frequency of purchases that I have with the margin that you're making from my product, you will lose if you keep pushing that that uh, that private label. But again, as let's assume in this case that I'm a category leader, uh, um I, I I don't have visibility on the margin that the retailer is making from his own yeah. private label. You get mm-hmm. my point and and it's just an assumption that I'm making that because I sell more, I move more, then then i'll I'll generate more uh, profit profit uh, uh, to you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it it is critical. Uh, now again, this this I would say assumption or hypothesis um, kind of makes sense when the private label is not let's say uh, that uh, challenging or that risky. It's mm. still like low, but but the retailer keeps on pushing it, giving it visibility, giving it uh, all these kind of support uh, enablers. Uh, then this this would be easier to resonate to tell him i am i'm still higher in terms of share this is the product that you should be pushing this is the amount of sales that you'll be losing if you push more uh this private label versus pushing uh, versus pushing away i would say a higher uh, a higher product in terms of share and, and and sell out but yeah i mean i mean in situations where a private label is really making a huge contribution then then this is uh this is a challenge, challenge. and again and again you should look at it from a different perspective. I mean, like a private label cannot jump to be a challenger and a number two brand, unless uh, the consumer is really accepting it. You know, uh, unless, exactly. unless there is there is there is an acceptance Walignous. from consumer uh, side and there is off-take. You know, a uh, consumer is not uh, will not buy something that uh, bad at the end of the day. So maybe no. there is a change change in the in the in the in the consumer behavior and in the category dynamics itself where where you need to look into it are you missing something in your mix mm-hmm. in your products that you're offering and and a private label is is doing something better so yeah this is this is how uh, i would think of it
1: yeah and i would add to that i definitely agree with you uh, mostly i think this started uh, for the private labels for i've seen it for big key accounts they are blocking like some of the low price uh, 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 competitors and they are putting their product label because it's getting it uh, getting to them better uh, better money and sometimes they are blocking even like old uh, brands and they don't yeah. they don't allow some brands so yeah it's getting uh, really competition spheres but as you said if you are like the market leader or number two or number three you have still the space to to put your uh, to put your products but sometimes there is challenges so it depends on the power of the company how do you go and then negotiation at the beginning of the year what space you're going to take and, uh, and and like you said you must have something to to, to offer to the exactly uh, to the key account uh, or you're giving him uh, the hypothesis that yes you are uh, high high turnover so you are uh, you are responsible about the profitability of the category for example in the, in the key account or the supermarket so uh, you're either you want to keep your space or maybe increase your space sometimes but always it will be a hustle of course and they always yeah. want to the the supermarket or the key count always want to increase the share of shelf of uh, of, uh, of the private label because they believe this
0: will give them more uh, more money like you said yeah. yeah yeah 100% if you also add something from an experience on that point i think that private labels their uh, just ultimate game is about the price it's a price game i would say yeah. it's all about the price game so they will always uh position their price way lower from the That's best brand they just yeah because this is the game they yes. want to have off take regardless of the value of the brand itself so their own game it's about the price and regardless uh if I'm, I'm a consumer and if i can see the value for money that i i paid it's good definitely it will affect my sellout and here it comes the pitfall from so many companies and all the, the competitions that they are working with private label and the the own category of the organization itself when you are just being lazy with my due respect and you don't do your homework or exercise or just tracking the data insights and keep ignoring these kind of things and it, it it comes expanding every day by day then there is here is the problem because if you don't respond there is some challenges I don't mean that you need to position your price down but where it comes that that innovative thinking How can we have like a reverse attack with a specific product, local product, at a lower cost, and also maybe the margin will not be compensated, but at least I can compete, not by my my core brands, but by a reverse, I would say brands, or just I can attack and take this uh, challenge. But leaving it to just the consumer, I think this is the it's not the fundamental of the marketing. You have to work on these insights just to solve any challenge in the market itself so this is just uh, based on some of the experience I would say thank you so,
1: thank Let's you take so much I... I a lot of questions today
0: yes like yes. <laughs> yes we have our friend Muhammad so he is asking guys do you see the announcing of the strategy with all team member is mandatory or keep it uh, optional Wonderful question, uh, let's hear thank you, you answer that, and I will put
1: some insights after that.
2: طيب, first of all, يعني, thank you, Fatih, and I hope you're doing well. Uh, we worked for a short period of time together. Uh, uh, now, if I understand the question correctly, you're asking, I mean, announcing the strategy to the team. Who will implement the strategy? So definitely, if that the question, then yes uh we should announce the strategy to the team who will be implementing the strategy because they are the ones at the end of the day who's going to make sure that it happens in the ground not the excel sheet not the presentation and it's not only it's not only announcing it's it's uh announcing tracking convincing if it takes that you go and meet the customer yourself as as uh, a strategy designer i would call it for now uh then you do it uh because uh for for these uh, type of roles, like I was explaining at the beginning of the discussion, there is a huge part of the work relies on you influencing uh, the teams to to make the strategy happens. You will not get to implement the strategy by your own self. It's going to be through teams, through people. So, uh, if I understand the the question correctly, I mean, definitely, <laughs> it's it's. Way more than announcing is lots of influencing that needs to happen in ground. Now, now, definitely, there is a back and forth uh, discussion in this. people who just don't care about your strategy. I just need to get the number and and please don't waste my time telling me all these kind of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> so you will find you will find you'll find this anywhere and everywhere. it's uh, it's a matter of how to be emotionally intelligent and and understand what needs to be said to whom. I mean like what you will say to the channel manager is different than what you're gonna to say to the sales executives in the ground is different than what you're gonna to say to the customers. So uh, having that flexibility as well is, uh, is important. But yes, it's very important to announce and influence.
1: Definitely, definitely. Yes, sir, it's a, that's a great answer of course. And yeah, you know, I, I echo you, you need to communicate it very clear to everyone. Uh, where you want to take the company and what's your strategy and how you're going to do that. And as you said, it's uh, supposed to be different language from one manager to to the line manager to the merchandisers but you need to it, it makes people f- feel sense of belonging to the organization and this kind of involvement encourages people to to, to start working and to start communicating this regularly or quarterly where are we from the strategy and what we are doing i've seen this in some companies that they work and it really helped i think it Motivated uh, people, of course, and of course, uh, once also you link this with rewards to the teams, or whenever they are very close to the to achieving what we want, we start rewarding them uh, financially or rewarding them with any kind of rewards, even if some announcements, some kind of competition. All these uh, kind of things uh, will create a great, uh, great environment and great culture in the, in the company. Sure.
0: Thank you, thank you, Hamams, thank you, Eser we we'll jump into the next question from our friend Roger Rur. he's asking how do you manage your supply demand inventory of a product that is one of a kind like a CPU or one seven FPGA I think it's a very nice question I think it's more related into the supply chain let me just I'll put it in a very easy frame of thinking you have to if Most of the challenges that if you have one unique product and it's unique for very unique uh, sales channel or very unique for uh, a retailer, I would say move from make to stock into make to order in order to avoid risk. Try to work in a different ways. I know that there there will be some challenges if you're talking about how can I do this if uh, my sourcing strategy could be very complicated i could have a higher lead time of all of these things you have to find a way to make your supply chain very flexible and you have to work on your sourcing strategies try to do that flexible. because this is a, a risk in an inventory unique codes or unique sqs it's very risky because once you have any bias in your demand definitely you will have a risk and especially if you have a perishable products their personal products that they have like a, a specific shelf lifetime and then will be expired what if you order more than what you need what will happen that you will have some dropage in your shelf lifetime then you will end up with obsolete so um my great advice I would say for the unique uh SQs, just to drive it from make to stock into make, uh, make to make the order and try to find a way to solve this problem because you cannot use one-size-fits-all in all supply chain strategies. This is the advice that I can give.
1: Yeah, and I think also you have to be close to the customers. You need to, to get more more data. Uh, the more, of course, you get data and information, the more you'll be flexible in uh, in, in, your, in your demand and meeting your your demand. And uh, because it's a risk, of course, if it's like unique and it's inexpensive, for example, product or something like that, that's why ahmed uh, advice is to move to make to order. So that you don't stock and you don't lose uh, of course uh, having a Venture. high inventory from this you're tying cash and you're going to lose uh, your uh, profitability of course
0: yes 100 thank you rod hopefully that we answered your question we'll jump into the next question our friend muhammad fathe is asking related to the private label question we can make a deal of win-win situation by increasing this product sales plus and my brand sales and there are some tactics could be played in the scenario I think it's very nice suggestion at this point thank you thank you so much Mohammed just yes let's move a little bit into the coming question I think it's very interesting one uh I see you know it's a trendy inside most companies where at the beginning of the year you have beautiful cash, you have beautiful budget and uh, the budget it's top. You are very secured based on the, the OP that you have for the full year. But when you move forward month by month, month by month, then the budget start to be annihilated or some challenges happened then due to the pressure that you have it on the margin themselves, the easiest way to, uh, have like a cut will it's the market investment it's not the supply chain cost because supply chain cost you need to have longer lead time or longer time to have this kind of expenses or just savings the easiest one which is reducing or just cut a budget from a specific category however we need to have the same sales when you face this kind of challenges when I have a specific budget in order to have I have my baseline and I have my promo intensity this will have my incremental total sales total forecast when I have a budget cut and i'm a ceo and i want to have the same sales and uh, let's say that i give you like 25% budget cut i need the same sales how what is the best way to uh, cater for this strategy i know it's not easy but uh, i'm looking for
2: nah no, it's very easy and there is a straightforward answer to it always build a buffer in your plans so <laughs> because because this will come your way anytime yeah so uh and it comes with experience i remember the first time we we were faced with that i mean like was like how come and we will lose shares and will not be able to get ims and all this kind of stuff eventually understand that this is the this is this is something that happens everywhere in all companies yeah. uh and 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 sp- especially in this region because this region um it's a profit pool, I would say. Like it, 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 it contributes in the, in the, in the, in the profit margin for most of multinationals more than volume margin. I mean, like if you look at our region, uh, definitely as volumes, it's not like yeah, America or India or China or Latin America or or Europe. Uh, volume-wise, they are way bigger, but like profit wise this region is way bigger so profitability huh. here is 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 always key and the profit margins that we have in the region is 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 the highest yeah. so so I'm, i mean like the approach i take I'm, I'm, and and this is and i i see i think it's done even from top down i mean like there are buffers mm. in the plan itself mm. you have to have kind of like you know what is the the threshold in which that if you get lesser budget than this, you cannot do anything, and you have to know what is the extra amount that you can uh, still deploy and get more share, and and you are fine if 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 they will cut that uh, uh, that mm. amount in a way, uh, and and that will require a very deep understanding of your plan and your spend by by account, by channel, by promo type, by activity. Uh, that that strong understanding will help you have that flexibility in your planning so mm-hmm. you you will you can't put these uh, I would say uh, shock absorbers, you know, like when you get a shock yeah. they 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 help you. so uh, so usually, yes, this is this is the answer that I would give. and and again, it's a normal demand that happens in all companies and from all type of uh, managements uh, um, a change in direction in the middle of the quarter or in the middle of the month and and uh, at the end of the day um, we have to deliver you know
0: yes <laughs> can i make it more hard please yeah. <laughs> in case if we don't have a buffer and uh, i'm a ceo and i'm asking guys i want this kind of sales and i uh, dropped the budget that we have by 25 and i need you to do it what, what is the best way to deal with that situation? I'm just talking yeah, from that perspective so, because so from that, it's the reality.
2: F- f- from that point, assuming you don't have a buffer. So uh, mm. from that point, I mean, I mean, I would not just go straightforward and say definitely we cannot achieve that number. But mm. it, there should be a storytelling. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like that budget I had, this is the building block that it contributes in, in making. That budget was spent behind these promos, behind mm-hmm. these new launches, behind uh, these incentives to uh sales team to drive distribution in certain channels. Now uh, I can compensate some through uh, selling uh, high net sales items in certain accounts. I list new uh, products that... that uh, uh that were not listed in certain accounts Mm -hmm. these will give me this incrementality but net net i still have this gap which is a genuine gap due to this budget then Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's your job to show the picture as is you know you cannot just Mm -hmm. go and fake it you cannot find it but like but 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 again Answering no, but like last year, I got this budget. This year, you are giving me this budget. Definitely, I have this drop. This is as well is not, is not a right answer that you give. You know, like you should be uh, convincing. You should show the, uh, the uh, the yeah. building blocks of your plan. Um, then you can have, I would say, uh, uh, a thorough discussion with 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 the, uh, with the management, with the leadership.
0: Yes, I I can echo it. It's a beautiful answer amazing incredible answer because why I stressed on this yes sir in the house because uh, most CEOs they had sometimes a rigid mind to an extent that they don't listen yeah. so if you are rigid and the, the also from the other side the rigidity you're not the, just reach to the right place you reach you' not reach to the right point so uh, I could easily okay I'll do whatever you want this budget cut no problem at all so what I will do, I will work, 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 and then I underachieve and justify. So why shall I put myself in that position? Yeah. What is the yeah. way that I can see? Definitely, i go away.
1: Definitely. I think the yes, answer was, was beautiful. You have to be clear from the beginning and show that uh, what work have you done. But what you're saying is sometimes it, uh, it's driven by fear to, for example, people exactly fear to lose their jobs, fear that they are underachieving versus their peers or something. So they just accept, like, because the top management is coming top down. So we'll cut the, and do whatever you want and you just get us the numbers. And like you said, sometimes okay. I've seen this in meetings, the management, they don't even listen, so.
0: But yeah. it puts them in a very hard, more hard situation, Hamamsi. Yeah. Because if this attitude comes and the culture happens inside the organization by that way, it would be just a blame game and justifications. So exactly. if we had this culture, you're not, you're not have anything. But if um, I yeah. can listen and I can justify and we can speak and do uh, just a midpoint uh, discussion reach somewhere I could just avoid all of these uh struggles or all of this uh underachievement I, I would yeah. have yes yeah yes definitely. exactly yes so another question I know that time is flying as usual yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, another question I think it's one of also the, the one of the interesting questions uh, we ask this question mostly to our thought leaders when it comes to to that point what is the best uh, retail or sq rationalization strategy that a company should uh, encounter for
2: well i i don't have i would say in mind i would say a best strategy i would call but like the way i look at it that really companies look into rationalization usually we just go and fill shelves you know like wow. they are uh it's it's like an infinite space that we have in which we can just go and and and, and fill shelves. So uh, so so the the exercise of rationalization itself is is something I would say very important to do, and it's always critical to look into. I mean, like at least at the beginning of every year, you know, like the pipeline of new products that you're launching, and you have almost one year of performance on on products. Uh, then you know what are the tail uh, that you need to cut out out of uh, out out of your products. So so I would say the best thing to do is is like having that rationalization exercise is done uh, done, uh, I would say, uh, every year, I mean, like done in a processed yeah. manner, you know, it's, it's it doesn't happen, you know, like by coincidence so so the best approach i would say to the to the to the to the question that you just answered ahmed that i mean like have that uh, process of rationalization is being embedded into the uh, into system. the system of 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 planning itself and and uh, uh, and launching new products and everything how is it to be done it can be done by account you look at the top SKUs that uh, generate 80 percent of the sales and you cut the rest after you eliminate innovations or new products and promotions and you look at these items itself uh you as well need to kind of uh, uh do it in collaboration with the retailer itself and and, and show him the the, the items that you will be rationalizing and and, and removing and what is the uh, I would say incrementality that will be brought up into the category once you do this uh, mm-hmm. rationalization? So again, by account, you look at uh, you look at it by SQ, you're you moving uh, new products, promotions, you keep the retailer informed, you show the size of price by doing this rationalization. And mm-hmm. before before all is is uh, is doing this in in in, in, a, in a disciplined manner uh, consistent and you always do a rationalization. And again, I don't think so. It requires to do a rationalization more than once a year. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. more than enough.
0: I think you answered the, one of the biggest struggles that when I was in demand planning, I didn't understand why we are looking at, uh, when we are in supply chain, we are looking at a total national level when it comes to rationalization, because for us, SQ to be rationalized. It means that it will be discontinued totally from a total national level at a total geographical level whatever we're looking at and the, the interesting thing that sometimes you see some sqs they have some histories at the specific accounts and then it's off gutted. but still it's selling in another accounts so i like the strategy that you're talking about it's not only looking at it from a total national level. But you have to look into key account, how it looks like from a retail point of view, into SQ level. This is the right way. And then this, uh, I think it's all connected. uh, Yes, also, it will release just some uh, space in the shelf itself. And it will give some uh, sort in in the planogram or just uh, in the planogram itself, the space for another SQs that could have better sellout or maybe some OSA challenges that you can put it and then the sellout will be uh, increased at this point.
2: Definitely, yes. Mm. Definitely.
0: Yes. So thank you for this great answer, uh, Dr. Yasser. Um, uh, One of the questions also, I think that we we could have it on that point, it's the assortment. I think this will be also an interesting question. We spoke a little bit about the rationalization, but in terms of assortment, when it comes to SQ deploying, what could be the strategy? Uh, I don't want to say the best strategy, but based on your, l- l- for sure, experience, what would be the, the, the optimal strategy that you used in terms of assortment at a retail site?
2: See, I mean, like, it's, it's uh, <clears throat> one of the nice, I mean, like, exercises that I've... I, I I worked on as well as like designing the MSL and assortment by by channel, sub-channel, and sometimes by account. Mm. Uh, and 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 it's uh, again it goes back to the first point that we were mentioning at the beginning of the uh, discussion. Is how does the category look like by SKU, in in the channel and in the in the subchannel or in the account itself. Uh, Having that, that map helps you design your assortment, helps you as well mm-hmm. to minimize any rationalization requirement later on. Like It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. one, uh, one cycle. If you have a very good, I would say, input assortment plan by account, by sub-channel, that will help as well to minimize any rationalization that uh, you will need to do later on. So, so usually I would look into APOs. Uh, I would look into Nielsen. I see the sales by SKU, by pack size, uh, and the sub-channel: uh, uh, modern trade, supermarket, and hypers. Uh, and what is the contribution of these? I would say pack sizes to the category in that channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will, I will, I will, I would see that uh, in supermarket. I would say. Uh, 50% of the sales in a certain category, uh, comes from a 500 ml pack size. So I should have a 500 ml pack size. Then I can look into variants as well of that 500 ml. I mean, like you have, you have aloe vera, you have, uh, uh lemon, you have, uh, matcha, you have whatever flavor that you can, you can name mm-hmm. and you understand which, uh, has the highest contribution of that, uh, of that, uh, I would say pack size then you you design your assortments according to that and you design your planogram as well which is which is how the shelf looks oh. like according mm-hmm. according to that uh, as well so uh, assortment msl uh, rationalization and planogram they are just one cycle of of planning that that they feed into each other and uh and 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 they work together to have a proper execution in in ground
0: i excuse definitely, me definitely It should yeah. happen definitely <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank
1: you, Esther. Of course, it was a great, uh, great answer, uh, and you deserve this uh, this claps from uh, from Ahmed. That's one cycle at the end, and we need to to perfect it. But uh, I think Ahmed it will take us to one uh, final question. That because the role of uh, some pe- some companies, they don't take uh, the role of the merchandisers uh, seriously. So tell us about how to. The role of the merchandiser, the merchandisers, how they really affect the business, and how to keep them motivating, and, uh, and uh, how how to set their like tar- targets or set goals for them. How do you manage merchandisers uh, from your experience?
2: See, uh, um, most of the interactions I had with the merchandising team is mainly in the execution part. Whenever that we have a plan that we need to execute, <clears throat> but definitely understanding the the. Uh, execution chain itself the merchandiser is the first i would say frontliner is the first person in the ground who sees what's going on and what's happening merchandiser is your eye on the market what's the competition is doing new products are being launched anything Uh, and before before anything a merchandiser is a human being so he's not a different creature right (laughs) so uh, (laughs) So, so the way you motivate a human being, a merchandiser needs to be motivated and stay engaged, and 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 you can expect lots of things that coming, uh, coming from there. Now, now it depends on companies. Um, most of companies they outsource merchandisers to uh, different companies who does the merchandising things. So you don't get to really have an influence uh, out there, and more oh, of nice. a discussion is like. Uh, one two discussion execute 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 <coughs> that's uh-huh. it. Uh, in companies where merchandisers they report to the company itself, you have more of an influence. Uh, you can mm-hmm. design an incentive scheme for them to d- drive a certain execution KPI. And also before <laughs> before going into incentive schemes as well, I mean like you have to understand their current structure of incentives, the current one before coming up with anything. Uh-huh. Uh, because as well, you don't want to develop uh, a tone of like incentivizing on doing their core job, you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, this is as well as another, another mistake that people would fall into, let's just uh, go and launch something and give incentives to merchandiser while it's part of their core job to make sure that whatever newly or new launches is being executed properly. So yeah. so understand what, what you are motivating them on is, is, is critical. And again, going to the basics of the basics, they are human beings, having a proper treatment for them, how you speak to them, how you guide them, and how as well you hold them accountable, because at the end of the day, it's a business that we are running. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a mix of all of, all of these uh, elements. But yes, they are, they are the uh, people who are in the front line, and they are a, a great source of uh, information as well. Yani.
0: Definitely, definitely. Thank, Thank you, you. Yes, sir, so much. Thank you so much. I think, as usual, the time is flying. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you that again, the amount of knowledge that we had today—it's definitely a knowledge that we will never find in books. Thank you so much for your effort, for your valuable time for your great insights and lovely experience uh, that you shared with us today and uh, it will be a pleasure again to host you in another topic that it's touching and uh, uh, just inspiring many people to listen for your experience thank you again for your uh,
2: attendance yeah. and for and your. we'd like
1: to thank share. the audience also a lot of uh, great engagement and uh, lovely questions yes, definitely. Uh, today definitely. thank you guys i
2: really appreciate the work you're doing keep it up. Uh, I wish you all the best and thank you for the invite. Thank Thank you you. so much.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you 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 very
2: much.
0: much. Thank you you for listening to our global S&OP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website co or ahmedkhaled@co we believe that one word one story or one conversation could transform your life stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP have a wonderful week ahead.